I just slipped through an exam and you're listening to a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. An Auckland liquor store has come under fire for accepting afterpay for alcohol purchases, an offering which critics claim will only increase alcohol harm in our communities. In a now-deleted Facebook post, the Panmua Bottolo claimed that the wait was over before announcing the controversial payment method would be accepted for purchases at the store. After the public backlash, the store has said that they are reviewing their policies and will not be accepting afterpay until further notice. The Bottolo were approached for comment, but did not get back to R1 News in time. This controversy comes as Green MP Chloe Swarbrick's Alcohol Harm Reduction Members Bill makes its way through Parliament. I spoke to her this morning about the incident and her member's bill. Um, so what is your response to the Panmure Bottolo offering afterpay for alcohol purchases? Uh, it was pretty astounding. <laughs> I think that you can also see that in the community response, uh, not only here in Bamgimakoto, but also uh, broader uh, Aotearoa, New Zealand. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it was kind of straight to the heart of uh, the broader drug problems that we're experiencing um, in this country and a lack of sensible regulation, which you get at both ends of town, right? If you think of the spectrum of drug regulation available, on one side you've got complete criminal prohibition and then at the other extreme you have a uh, deregulated or an unregulated legal free market. And while of course alcohol isn't totally unregulated, no one's arguing that, it is, I would argue, and I think many, particularly in the public health space, would argue far too un- or under-regulated. So when you have both of those instances and both of those extremes at both ends of that spectrum, you have the exploitation of particularly vulnerable communities in order to make a quick buck. And that, I think, is very clearly what both the community and myself thought. So it's good to see, especially with the intervention of Councillor Justine Bartley, uh, that this has, uh, there's been a U-turn from this bottle of, but again, I think the broader issue still remains, and uh, while it is a really deeply unfortunate circumstance, it hopefully shines a light on the potential harm that obviously alcohol is the most harmful drug in this country can cause. And so is this something that could come up under your alcohol harm minimisation amendment bill, or perhaps a future bill you'd look at? Yeah, so it doesn't come on, um, or would it be covered within the current drafting of the Alcohol Harm Minimisation Amendment Bill, uh, simply because a member's bill can only do so much, and completely freely and frankly, in the drafting of that legislation, in order to break the ice and not just fall down a range of daft political hurdles, because we can't talk about things like taxation sensibly or maturely in this country, uh, and it also doesn't include anything around age or any of those other controversies. There's two key um, things that the bill would do. The first is enable local communities to put in place their local alcohol policies without being dragged through the courts, as, for example, Auckland Council has been for the past seven years and spent over a million dollars trying to put in place these uh, regulations and restrictions on particularly the proliferation of bottle shops. And the second thing is around uh, alcohol advertising sponsorship and sports, something recommended by a, a group instigated under, uh, under John Key's uh, government, uh, the national government in 2014 and chaired by Sir Graham Lowe, someone who I don't think anybody can say um, doesn't know anything about sports. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't come within the remit of this bill, but uh, given that this conversation is currently occurring, I hope that it will be captured within the government's own review of the sale and supply of alcohol act. But uh, once again, I think we all have to be aware of the fact that there is quite a tendency inside of politics over the past 10 years to pass really controversial and difficult, crunchy issues through review groups and inquiry groups and to 
commission those reports, but then not to act on the recommendations of those reports. So uh, it's going to take a lot more fighting, and I'm hoping that with the members' bill, we get to break the ice. Um, in your view, how does the use of afterpay compare to credit cards for purchasing alcohol? Yeah, that's a really important point. I think um, one of the many things that we have to investigate here is obviously uh, the fact that we have a increasing um, kind of popularity and normalisation and almost glamorisation of uh, credit lines <laughs> uh, because Afterpay is effectively um, a credit card all branded in a slightly different way and obviously with a range of different terms and conditions attached to it. I don't think that there is the same kind of cultural thinking about the likes of Afterpay services in the same way that people might think about going through a more arduous process to sign up for a credit card. So there actually is um, presently and understand the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment, as MB, as most people know, are currently evaluating what it would look like to have better regulations around afterpay since it arrived in Aotearoa in 2017. So awaiting um, the more considered outcomes of that report, which hopefully we'll have some substantive debate on uh, in Finance and Expenditure Committee. But I say to everybody who is interested in this or has you know, shared something on social media about it, um, whilst that engagement is awesome and being aware of the issue is really important, please don't leave it at that. Please follow what occurs with recommendations of this report because otherwise we'll have yet another thing that occurs and everybody's up in arms about it on social media. But we could have seen it coming had we engaged with the political process at the right time. Um, and what do you think the biggest driver is behind Aotearoa's questionable relationship with alcohol? Yeah, now that's a big question. <laughs> so uh, obviously alcohol didn't exist here pre-colonial times and that's actually been one of uh, the many uh, arguments that has been raised with me throughout my kind of journey in the alcohol harm reduction space, uh, but particularly by Māori health authorities and by uh, Māori public health advocates, is that this is actually probably fundamentally a tetiritio waipangi breach in terms of the lack of protection um, that the Crown has afforded to uh, Māori in this country when it comes to the regulation of alcohol. I think if you look kind of broad brushstroke at the spectrum of politics and you try and whittle it down to what are the core variables or factors that influence you know, the world that all of us live in and the social contract and all of that stuff, on one side you kind of have the structure, which is our laws and our regulations and our taxes and our levies and all of that stuff that you often kind of think about. But that's the blueprint, and that's only given validity or legitimacy by our culture. And that culture, obviously, is something that was picked up on quite substantially, and particularly Patty Gower's doco, but also uh, by Guy and Esther and our RNC addressing the similar topic of a personal journey um, and that opening the door to what are our systemic issues in this country with regard to alcohol harm. And culture, if you, again, really drill into it from a design packing perspective, it's about a shared set of values. And when you think about how you can change culture or prioritise different values inside of our culture, then we start to set the tone for an environment that's conducive to structural change. But both of those things totally feed off of each other, right? So it's kind of a chicken or an egg scenario. So I'd say that we need to get far better regulatory settings in place in order to set in place an environment that it's not... Uh, becoming increasingly normalised that we have the same level of ambulance call-out on crate day as we do on New Year's Eve. Uh, and that, again, comes about by virtue of us having these conversations in a more and more sensible way. And I think part of that puzzle is actually talking about alcohol as the drug that it is. That was a Radio 1 91FM podcast. But find more at r1.co.nz.